Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Cockill, Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, although I say we talk about interesting things, in this week we're discussing dust. And due to the lockdown, unusually we're recording this remotely. Nick, I think this could be a pretty quick podcast, which we could solve with a, a, a bit of Googling here and there. Um, but tell us. You say uh, that? No. Well, um, no. Yeah. What? No, okay. There's a, a many mysteries involved. Okay. It's yeah. that hot topic, a controversy. Yeah. Um, everyone's talking about at the moment, what is dust? <laughs> Enlighten us, well, It's not so much what, is, what it is. Well, it is partly what it is. No, <laughs> I, I think it's it, – so I get stressed out by uh, – by the way that you leave something alone, right? My printer is where I notice it the most because it's um, it's black. And uh, I leave it alone for a week or two. I don't go near it. I don't do anything to it, right? Mm. Um, likewise, you could just keep close a cupboard, right, and then go away for a year. And then dust will have appeared in the interim. And, and this printer is always covered in dust. And so I just, I just wondering, you know, where, where dust comes from. Um, whether or not we could ever win the war against dust or whether we, whether that's something we shouldn't worry about. <laughs> and, and then, but also more generally, like does everything become dust eventually at what rate are things turning into dust? And, and is there some mechanism whereby <laughs> that dust gets turned back into things or is it, is it, are we all destined to become, is it just dust is going to be, everything's going to be dust at some point? Or is, <laughs> I, think, you know, I, think, I think Aleph Insights needs to buy uh, Nick a new Hoover for a start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like the way that very quickly this has got very metaphysical, which I didn't quite anticipate. Um, well, look, let's try and help out Nick. Um, either Peter or Chris, go for it. Well, I, I, I mean, it is metaphysical, right? I mean, look at Genesis, right? You know, the whole the whole ashes to ashes, dust to dust, uh, you know, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And uh, then um, unto dust shalt thou return. So, Ecclesiastes 3.20, all go unto one place, all are of the dust and all turn to dust again. Quite. So it's... it's Big it's, news, this dust. There is something, though, very... Um, very fundamental about it right it's, it's it's particles and you know i mean even when you look at even when you look at the formation of the universe you know arguably you, you come up from tiny particles you know to to much larger sort of um st stellar bodies and so on and uh so so this idea of well what is what is dust and uh you know what does it mean is actually surprisingly philosophical and um fundamental i think now fraser's just gonna like, go like, so like what is dust <laughs> <laughs> or he's gonna uh, ask uh, speaking of stellar bodies over to peter <laughs> yeah no um uh peter <laughs> what are your thoughts on this <laughs> well the, the, what dust is made of is quite well understood atmospheric dust uh that we we find around the home is primarily bits of you and the droppings of uh, the dust mites that eat those bits of you and the, and the dust mites themselves plus various bits of flax just to say starting to feel a little bit less metaphysical at the moment but keep on going Peter. Yeah. um uh, uh, other atmospheric dust that you get sort of just generally outside is 
small particulates from soil and and so, and uh, and uh, erosion of rocks and things. So, so that's sort of the, the largely silicates and uh, carbonates. Um, interestingly, most of it comes from uh, the Sahara and other deserts around the world. Um, there's not actually that much of it around. I was surprised to learn that uh, that uh, globally in the atmosphere, it's estimated that there's around um, 200 to 5,000 terograms of dust is created oh, a year. Well, typical Peter to use a metric like that. I What's know, a terogram? Yeah, so how many is that a billion tons? Is it, Peter? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's how it's written wait, on the Wait, 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 hang on, to, hang on. I, a thousand, so, hold on. So that's a thousand five, grams is a kilogram. Yeah, yeah, a thousand so, of those yeah, is okay, let me, a let me, ton. Let, yeah, I got this written down. Okay, okay so so that's that. A teragram is times ten to the twelve grams. Billion kilos. But you just said it's not tons. very much. You a just said it's not very well, much. Well, it isn't. Okay, so it isn't. So globally, it's a lot. A lot. But in the air, at any one time, there's about 20, 20 times ten to the grams. And does it go but up for every, down again? So it, for for Do every, you mean twenty million tons? No. I'm, uh, yes, I mean twenty million. No, I mean twenty million kilograms. 20 million 20 tons. Billion. Yeah, no, 20, 20 billion. 20 billion kilograms. Kilogram. <laughs> God. Yeah. So but for, 20 so, million tons. So for every for yeah, every square meter. Tons. So imagine the sort of square meter that you kind of more or less occupy. That the column above you there's, there's only about 0.4 grams in the air above you. So if it all fell in your head at once you probably wouldn't notice. So there's not that much Thank to about. goodness. So, so I can alleviate some of Nick's fear about no, stuff. because I I've got very different numbers, right? And if your numbers, uh, and I still I still I <clears throat> look if you're saying there's twenty hold on terra teragrams, yeah. If you of, collected all the dust. dust in my house, it'd be way more than no, you no, no. Just this said, is what Peter. I'm saying. Anyway, right? go on, so go Peter on, says twenty teragrams, yeah. which I think now let's just run this through. If if a teragram is times ten is is a thousand megagrams. It's times ten to the twelve. Just do it in yeah, scientific. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but, but, <laughs> kilogram is the SI unit, right? So let's stick with that. So, time times ten to the nine kilograms. Yeah. Right. Which is a billion. A billion kilos. Which is a million tons. Right. Am yeah. I right? Okay. So, yeah. so I have That's got. I found a figure that the average. I don't believe it. The average home in the U.S. accumulates 20 kilos of dust a year. Yeah, that's, that's, that's household dust. I'm talking about atmospheric dust. Right. No, but listen, hear me out. 20 kilos of dust a year in a house, right? Um, if you multiply that by, let's say, you know, uh, let's let's say that there's... Um, a, a, probably 150 I, a million bi- households. Let's say a billion. Let's say a billion house, households worldwide. That comes to 20 billion kilos of dust in houses right you're saying that the amount of dust in houses is the same as the amount of dust in the atmosphere that makes that makes perfect sense to me because we're we're dusty yeah. creatures see but but i've also read i read a study by um these uh leighton and Be- beamer suggesting that 60 percent of dust in a house comes from outdoors. atmospheric dust dust yeah the, yeah the, so, the, the so what, but what we're saying is that half of all the dust in the atmospheric dust ends up in someone's house yeah, half, I don't, yeah, I'm not buying it. I see, I see. But, I, so I think this is no, cumulative, no, cumulative no, no, over a year. So, Peter's saying at any one time. Hold on, everybody, everybody, everybody. He's saying half the dust in the atmosphere ends up in someone's house every year. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because you're you're misreading what I'm saying. I'm saying that in the atmosphere, any one time, there is twenty times ten to the twelve grams of dust at any one time. That's not that's not including how much is 
kicked up and how much ultimately lands, which is a much bigger thing. Right. So you're saying that there's a half of it turns up on your printer. How much exactly? How much (laughs) dust is in storage at any given time versus the amount of dust floating about? How much potential dust is out there? Well, the Sahara. It's a couple of the Sahara. Several order magnitudes larger amount of dust that enters the atmosphere every year. And I'm assuming that that same amount of dust falls out of the atmosphere every every year. The amount of dust in the atmosphere at any one time is 20 times 10 to the 12 grams. Right. Yeah. The atmosphere okay. is merely a vector for... So if we all did the hoovering at the same time and just threw our bags into the air, we'd effectively double the amount of atmospheric dust. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of clapping for the NHS, let's do that instead next Thursday. Yeah. Um, okay, look. So um, we've reached a point of, of, of calmness in the middle of this. No, we, have, we, we haven't touched storm. on space dust. And let's move on to somewhere else. Um, let's, space talk dust. About, let's talk about space dust. Yeah, so space, uh, apparently something like, okay, Fraser, yeah. you're the least scientifically inclined person here. What? So I'm going to ask you this. How, how many... How many kilograms, or the unit of your choice, hmm. of dust enter the Earth's atmosphere every day from space? What do you reckon? Uh, space dust entering the atmosphere of, yeah. of Earth every day. Every day. Um, space dust. How many tons? I'm going to say... A lot a mi- is not a valid answer, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm just trying to remember some of the other things we were talking about just now. 100 tons. You're about right. <clears throat> That's boring. That was a long wait for a really boringly accurate oh, answer. Oh, no, he smashed it. Come on. Yeah. Credit, yeah. credit. Um, so so, so we, I reckon we get about, nowhere. we get of the order of the order of 100,000 tons of dust a year just from space. But that's, you know, very little. Apparently, that's about the same uh, as the amount of hydrogen and helium we lose each year. So in net terms, the Earth is, is staying about the same. Um but yeah, so but space dust is not dust doesn't come from space. Is the, is the space dust is not from space, space. no? Yeah, the space dust is, but but actually most dust isn't from space. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's space dust made of? Uh, dust. <laughs> Only well, it's, it's all, in space. It's kind of all I mean, if you think things. about it, that makes sense because space hasn't got a lot in it, has it? No, but it's, it's, it's quite a surprisingly spacey. large amount. Yeah, it's quite I mean, spacious. tons of, that we go yeah. through tons of dust every day. Like yeah. it makes it sound that space is pretty dusty instead of being um, instead of being as empty as yeah. you know that yeah, it's cracked up to be. It, de- it depends very strongly where you are in the solar system. It's pretty dense in, it, compared to out in deep space. Out in deep space, yeah. you might come across a dust particle every ten to hundred miles or so. Mm. Uh, it's pre- pretty pretty sparse out there. Um, but, yeah, but it's interesting just... that dust has even has got that far. I mean, forget about my printer. That dust, the menace of dust, has spread beyond the bounds of well, the solar system. It, well, and... it is the dust was the dust was there first before yeah. the solar system. <laughs> but actually, so this is a good so point. The, so the early, so early early processes in the in the universe, Big Bang, etc., created all sorts of mixtures of chemicals, mainly uh, highly mainly hydrogen and helium. Um, but also and that's not dust is it no that's not dust yeah maybe but also other lighter elements like carbon and silicon and things and as as, as star as, as star the first cycle of stars created more of these heavy elements through their supernovae which was thrown out in small very small particulates and that's mainly what the dust is it's so dust comes from, from stardust but but this is yeah but this is also why i mean we are plagued with dust as we are um 
Nick because we live on the planet Earth and because we're one of the rocky planets. And it's all to do with gravity and the sun and all these elements, all the stardust um, was swirling around billions of years ago, closer to the sun was able to form into planets, uh, sorry, into rocky planets, whereas back out, you know, Neptune and Pluto, et cetera, and Jupiter even, um, they're all gaseous. Because yeah, so what, we're, what, we're saying, what you're saying is that the Earth was made of dust to begin with. Yeah. Mm. As, well, why, getting... why, then, why then is the Earth turning back from being... Why, why is it turning back into dust? It's just shedding its skin. It's, yeah. it's think, got eczema. I think you've got it. I think Nick, you've just got a very, a very tiny slice view uh, of of the entire. Yeah, the Sahara, the you said the Sahara is made of dust, right? I know, but and that's dust, on the, the Earth. The, so the why, why just... you'd have thought we'd have started as a big Sahara and turned into a rock, but it seems like we're going back. <laughs> we're regressing. Well, that's erosion from, right, from rock into dust. I don't think quite. Where will it like end? That. You know okay. that you've got enough data in your lifetime to suggest that it's actually increasing or decreasing. This is like this is like the whole thing of oh, it's a cold day, so what? Climate change? That's is that a thing anymore? It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. But like, is is more dust getting sucked into the earth and turned into rock than is rock turning into dust? Well, I think the dust doesn't leave the atmosphere nearly as much as the lighter elements. It can't escape. Because That's it, it but it must get captured by the sea and eventually turn into sedimentary rocks and eventually turn into, you know, magma. I think stuff, I suspect it's in a for, I suspect it's in equilibrium. Right. So, look, so we'll never be rid of this. Yeah, we're not stuff. going we can't, anywhere. We can't use dust capture technologies to... Well, actually, that's the next thing I wanted to talk about. Well, look, I want to try and move us on a little bit um, in a... I was going to say... In Hoover's... <laughs> I, want to, I want to try and move us in a, a more sensible direction or, or at least a direction um so who who's who nick what do you this say is what to... podcasts are like when you've been in lockdown for too long <laughs> this is what happens yeah so look who's going to move this along for us who's got something to say who's got a direction they want to take us in well, yeah well Oh, sorry. Yeah, Chris. No, Chris is. Well, as good I was just going to. I was just going to say uh, that um, to to come back to not necessarily the the you know the physical creation of dust, but our our kind of interpretation of uh, of dust and the impact dust has on us. And you, you know, we I think we kind of as a species and culturally associate dust negatively right as as you know barren lands are are dusty you look at the um the whole sort of uh you know 1930s u.s dust bowl uh um kind of uh experience and uh things like nuclear fallout is kind of viewed as dust um then you've got you've got interesting kind of interpretations like um philip pullman's whole series of novels you know where dust is at, at, at the center of them uh, and you know being associated by by some elements within within that novel uh, with original sin and so I, I think it's interesting we we obviously share kind of um, uh, at some intuitive level Nick's hatred of of dust as a as a species um, but are you going to say that we it's time for dust's reputation to be restored that it fulfills some important role well, I, I, I think dust, you know, you, you just have to you just have to add a bit of water and you've got you've got mud, haven't you? You know, so <laughs> and everyone loves mud. And everyone <laughs> loves mud. I mean, well, that's what Pr Prometheus made us out of. So, you know, um... well, I see. I mean, in looking this up, I, I think there's there's probably a blurry boundary between dust and it's and it's big brother sand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was and apparently we're running out of sand. Can you believe that? 
It's true. Apparently, we're using 50 billion tons of sand each year, right? So that's maybe twice the amount of dust that accumulates in houses. We're using twice that of sand to make apparently food, wine, toothpaste, glass, computer chips, breast implants, cosmetic, paper paint, plastics. Apparently, sand is involved in all these things. But before you start thinking the Sahara Desert is a get rich quick scheme, apparently that's the wrong kind of sand. Apparently, sand in deserts is been too blown by the wind, and it's round. Yeah, and yeah. and so, it would, so you, apparently you've got to take sand out of rivers and lakes and things, and we're running out. So yeah. it's a it's a non renewable resource, and cement, of course. Interesting fact: between 2011 and 2013, <clears throat> the amount of concrete that China used was more than the US did for the whole of the 20th century. So imagine everything in the US made of concrete, all of the roads, all of the buildings, all of the bridges. China built all of that in two years. So so wow. there we go. So we are running out of sand. We I could do with a timer to, to keep track of, of it. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, Chris. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so look, I still feel we're we're jumping around a bit. We're lurching from drunkenly from from yeah. one like a like a like a cannon across the the deck of a ship. Okay, okay. I've got a question. It's should you dust? Yeah. Um, Surely you're just putting it back into your your well, that's household. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm, we're not big dusters in my household, um, and I can just look around. There's dust everywhere. But my wife's always complaining. It's a very dusty house we live in. Um, it seems more dusty than other houses. And I, I don't know, where I've got these dreams of moving to another part of the country that's dust-free. Well, just to get well, rid of the dust. Just to, once the house gets dusty enough, you move house. Yeah, just that's the, the plan. Well, well, yeah, in, but, um, but, but yeah, I was going to say, like, dusting with a feather duster seems fairly pointless to me. I mean, I've never done it once in my life. Although I think, don't, don't they hold the dust particles by static, aren't they? You know, they're all the ways oh. that, that kind of... Uh, and but then do people you... ever empty a duster? I think I mean, you rinse the dust. Yeah, you, you shake them out. You've got to shake them out. Okay. Yeah. I thought you rinsed them under a tap or something. Yeah, yeah. wash them and or you shake them out outside. Yeah. Put the dust yeah. back into circulation. Yeah, but then of just course say, it'll just come back in through the window. It's like spiders. You shouldn't. I just, just, just to say, I feel that collectively we're okay on the metaphysical sides of, of, of dust. I don't think we're so good on the practical side, it seems to me. On the sort of you know what happens with your house in your house with it and so on. Um, but look, I, I still feel we're just knocking around from one, one well, sort of look, thing to another. Let, no, let's it's, and... it's to do with tidying up and stuff. <clears throat> so I, I'm not sure. I think this it's all people's philosophy of of tidying up and dusting and cleaning and stuff of whether or not you think it's worth it because um, mm. you know it will just come back right. As I know you you're said, anti dusting. this kind of thing, aren't you? Well, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because on one hand you could say, well, why bother cutting your toenails because they'll only grow back, mm. um, or, you know. But on the other hand, so is dust in the air better than dust on a table? I mean, the number of people who dust suggests that it probably is, but. Um, you know, yeah, actually, when you dust, you're, you're dusting the effective dusting, cleaning dusting, doesn't put it in the air. It takes it out of the building. Mm. But you are fighting a rear guard action, aren't but you? But you are so, fighting I mean, a rear guard action. Yeah. Yeah. What I referred to earlier as dust capture technologies might be the solution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could like suck the dust or something into a kind of machine and yeah, that filter it that air. way. Yeah, yeah, into a yeah. bag, put trapped yeah. it in a bag. <laughs> And then emptied said bag. Wow. Yeah. Um, Well, look, I'm at a loss as to where to go now. Um, Who's got something to say? Well, I I was just going to say, like on a similar theme, um, if anybody's ever read the 
the book which Blade Runner is is based on? Do Androids Dream of, mm, of Electric? It's a short machine? story. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it, within it. There is this concept of of Kipple, right? And uh, um, it's not explored at all in the, in the film, other than uh, sort of via the the buildings. But when when Rutger Hauer's running around in his pants, right in the mm-hmm. in the book. Uh, they, they, the, the, um, the replicants sort of inhabit a um, deserted, you know, set in a dystopian future. Uh, they inhabit a um, a deserted building, and there's, it's all described in dusty terms and so on. But Kipple is this notion of um, kind of human created rubbish that um, that, in the absence of humans, kind of um, multiplies. And uh, so th- there's this idea that you know. Um, all of this commercial crap that we that we make uh, is is just kind of growing outside of our um, our experience, and that, that's definitely you know I mean dust we we know dust although it's based on our um, partly based on our skin filings we 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 know um, that uh, it 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 generates in our absence as well. You come home from holiday and you still got dust in your house, right? Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 there's something about this notion of um, of things we want to get rid of, kind of just building up, and this this Sisyphean task of of having to constantly fight them that is um, uniquely depressing. I think. Yeah, and you know how things don't get <clears throat> things don't conglomerate; they break apart in general. Like things, things, big rocks become smaller rocks, and yeah. eventually oh, entropy the process of yeah. And like all the stuff that we buy gets broken up into smaller bits. Where do they go? Like where do they end up? Um, I think, I, and I don't really know. I, that's is the answer dust? No, I'm wondering how long it takes a TV to, to become dust. Um, <laughs> must be must be measured in the tens of thousands of years. I would have thought. Yeah, I guess it probably depends where you put it. Like if you put yeah, it into an industrial in grinder. And it'll dust <laughs> much faster. <laughs> Nearly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it does remind me a few years ago there was that uh, was a, a sort of quasi documentary on on TV that was examining what would happen to the Earth um, <clears throat> um, if if all humans uh, just the world sort of without us. Yeah, is that what yeah. it was called? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really good. And, yeah, and it sort of starts out by saying, well, this is what the world would look like a day later, a week later, six months later, a year. And then I think, you know, after about a thousand years, um, that's it, all gone back to dust, and but also, you know, just um, uh, vines and stuff growing everywhere. And, you know, within a, certainly within a million years, no trace whatsoever. Um, okay. well, not, it wouldn't go back to dust. It would go back to trees and things. But I think what, Pete, what Peter's saying is that we, we, we're massive dust generators. Yeah. And so, well, so without humans, there'll be less of it. And in, in this lockdown, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons your printer's so dusty at the moment is you can't, you can't get out and, and deposit your, your dust outside. Spewing out. Yeah. Yeah. It most just... of the dust that would all, I would normally leave in the road for someone else to clear up and now just spewing it out here. <laughs> amongst other things yeah um okay are we done i, I can't think of anything else um I, I think i think a dust a fully qualified dustologist would be able to take this raw material and turn it into something level. amazing there's yeah. a phd in there somewhere yeah. Yeah. yeah um i don't even have a silly question i don't even have a question to ask um so um, a sensible question to ask me not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not in the mood for that no. Okay, look, so just finishing things off, um, 
uh, I don't know if I'm alarmed or not, but I mean, we've discovered that um, Nick, he doesn't trust dust. That's there's a slogan right there for you. Don't trust dust. Um, what about you guys? Um, any other kind of seemingly normal, possibly household substances or things that you don't trust? Let's let's get our let's get our what's the word? Our um, substance mistrust off our chest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mold, mold. I I I, I have a, a, a phobic relationship with mold. Really, um, have you got any persistent mold in grouting that you just will not go away? No, but whenever I come across mold on, like you know, when like a, a loaf of bread has been left around too long and and mold forms on it, it ah, oh, it, it really creeps me out completely. Um, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, but mold? because of mold, of course, is you know one of the great. Uh, I mean, in the great cycle of breaking things down, yeah, mold right. is really the key player, isn't it? I mean, if it yeah. wasn't for mold, I mean, maybe ultimately I should blame mold. For dust, for dust because you know because mold obviously breaks down trees trees they're in soil soil becomes dust i think i think it's all yeah but <laughs> but you know but i think i think you still have to acknowledge the incredible role everyone keeps going on about the nhs but the yeah. mold is the real hero yeah clap for fungus yeah. <laughs> yeah um peter uh so I, I i my my disgust is sort of triggered by slimy things um so I don't like particularly slimy food, and I don't. But, but particular things of consistency, like the slime on a slug, or hair gel, or um, that kind of sticky, slimy consistency. Um, it, I find that is that something that plagues you in your house? Is, not, is, your not house, is there ectoplasm no. dripping not, off? Not, the wall? not particularly though. But I don't like touching slimy things. Um, right. oh, okay, which but, is uh, unusual because so, most people love it. <laughs> most people are queuing up yeah. to touch slugs. to stroke slimy. a slug. <laughs> <laughs> the slug petting zoo. But that's the closest I can imagine. But yeah, I but I, I share Chris's disgust. But imagine how bad. You think mold is bad? Imagine how bad slime mold is. So slime mold, are these wonderful creatures that um, that have a sort of deter. It's like a determined slime. It wants to go and find the food, and it sends these little tendrils out. Ugh, it's quite quite revolting. Sentient. And don't they do really cool things though? Slime molds. Like, can't is it? Are they the thing where if you put them in a blender, they'll reform back into the original slime mold? And um, and I think they they've done these experiments where they they put slime like they dot slime molds in in a certain pattern, which are like if you take a map of Japan, you can put slime molds where the cities are, and then the tendrils between the slime molds will will be the same as where the roads and the railways are. So slime molds somehow could solve these Might, maybe citation yeah. needed. I think yeah. city, city <laughs> architects. Sorry, I, I I drifted off for a moment there, and I came back to that. So you're saying, that, all you're saying that Japan is all slimy and moldy? Not no. <laughs> right, we need to stop there um, for a number of reasons. Um, but we, I, I I don't have a substance myself. Uh, nothing holds fear for me that's that that is inanimate. Um, but yeah, we'll wind up there. We'll stop there. Suffice to say, I think it's time to shake the dust of uh, from our collective feet from this podcast and. Um, yeah, I think the only thing I need to say is, you know, please let this lockdown finish soon so that, you know, we can return to sanity. Um, okay, thank you, as always, uh, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew, we've been here with Nick Hare, Peter Coggle and Chris Ragg of Battle of Insights. And until next time, goodbye.